the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Canesione Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether you're on ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized koozies and shower shoes at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Rob Rothbarb. All right, welcome in hockey fans, professional hockey fans as it may be. Coming at you a little late tonight because we wanted to stay in and uh, watch what was going on uh, between the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and the Islanders. And uh, if you're an Islander fan, we'll get into it. You don't want to know. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. Uh, My co-host as always, Rob Rothfarb, joining me from beautiful Southern California and his palatial estate. Rob, are you on the beach right now? Or are you back home? Where you at? I'm in the uh, the comforts of my own home in my bedroom, actually. Uh, it's, thought, even though even though there's nobody home, I just feel <laughs> that I just want to get used to being in one place. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, okay, so I, there's no easy way to start this, Rob. But you and I talked uh, uh, by text message today, and. Um, I believe the hockey world lost a uh, a very good man, a very good friend to me, a sweet mate to me in college. And I, I just want to start off by uh, by saying rest in peace, Tom Curvers, because uh, cancer strikes again. And uh, losing Tom last night, I woke up to a very early morning text message uh, to, to hear the news, and uh, it, it kind of left me speechless. Um, you know, from being a sweet mate in college 30 years ago to – to, to seeing him at a restaurant and around the Coyotes rink here in Scottsdale several times. Um, it, it just, it, it's really sad. It really is. Well, I don't have the history that you have, and, and I was going to ask you about that, uh, but you answered it as far as going back 30 years. Uh, anytime you lose someone to cancer, uh, it's, it's, Definitely, you feel the loss, but uh, everything that I've read and heard about Tom Curvis is salt of the earth type of guy. Yeah, without a doubt, right down to the very last. I mean, he was still working as an executive up until almost the last day here and uh, battling cancer, and, and it, it, it struck him hard. Um, you know, I remember him on the days of fun loving and, and being a big, strong, tough defenseman. And, uh, I think our Islander fan that we're bringing on tonight is our special guest, our own Paul Hornstein. Um, probably even remembers some of uh, Tommy Curver's days on the island. But let's bring him in right now. Paul, how are you? Uh, you know, there are bigger things in life than losing eight nothing, right? Yeah, and unfortunately, we had to start uh, start off with that. But I think Tom deserved it. Um, I've said it several times on uh, on Twitter today. It's uh, God got a great defenseman, and we lost a really good human being and hockey player here on earth. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, what happens on the ice compared to, you know, what happened between him and his family and, and, the, and the whole thing. And uh, I certainly uh, know all too well, as a lot of people do. It's not, uh, you know, it is unfortunate that, you know, if if you haven't been directly touched by it, you probably know somebody who has. Uh, oh, isn't that the honest to God's truth right there? And, you know, this is not some rare occurrence and some oddball uh, f- fluky sort of uh, ailment. This is, you know, this is... You know, when 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 you 
have heart disease and you have some other of the other common natural, so to speak, causes of death, um, you can usually trace it back to something. Okay. Um, even certain types of cancer you can trace back uh, more often than not to habits. But in a lot of cases, even if you have not engaged in the activities or been part of the lifestyle or what have you to increase your chances of having to fight the disease in a personal way. Um, it is far too common. And I don't know if what I'm saying right now makes any sense. Um, yeah, it makes total sense, Paul. And, uh, you know, when it afflicts you at, at a younger age and certainly, uh, Tom at, at 58 years old, uh, the Minnesota wild assistant general manager was his last title. Um, but people know him from everywhere. And, um, we're gonna let Rob jump in here in just a second, but, uh, do you remember his playing days on the Island? Yeah, he was, you know, he, he wasn't an Islander for very long. He was a couple of years and those teams were bad. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, but he was a pretty decent skating defenseman. Um, wasn't afraid to mix it up. Um, but he at least came across at least maybe it was because those Islander teams were so bad. Um, for the majority of it, that um, his offensive capabilities shown a little bit more than they might have normally. Um, but I mean, he was a pretty all-around type of defenseman. He 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 could play on both ends of the ice. He was definitely a smooth skater, you know, and 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 a pretty good stick handler. But like I said, the, most of the teams he played on were not very good. My recollection of, of him was more of was same type like the, the a defenseman that could play on the offensive end, but yet takes care of his defensive zone and also like Paul said, not afraid to mix it up. I I think he kind of reminded me of of a Scott Niedermeyer skating wise, but not the overall game. I just thought he was that smooth. Of a- and here's a you know just a little tidbit. Uh, Tom Tommy grew up in Minnesota, but uh, was chosen by the Canadians. Uh, in the seventh round of the 81 NHL draft, and then went on to win the Hobie Baker at UMD. And I know Coach Sertich, uh had talked to a few people, a few media people in Duluth today about uh, getting the word uh, that Tom was going to be the Hobie Baker Award winner and how pleased he was and how happy he was. And, and all I can remember uh, from the days back then, uh, not all I can remember, but the highlights are he played on uh, a defensive pairing with Norm McIver and, and Norm was stellar as well. But uh, talk about uh, Mutt and Jeff, if you will. I, I mean, uh, Tommy was uh, big, tall, and, and a puck mover, and, and Norm was short and kind of stout, but a heck of a puck mover and playmaker. And put those two together on the ice, they were unbelievable. And if you took them out and played boot hockey with them sometimes, like we used to do in the, in, uh, in Duluth, um, they were just as good in boots, guys, as they were in skates. Well, I remember Norm MacGyver from the Rangers, and he was that, like you said, he was a puck-moving defenseman, and that's what he was known for. He was not as strong on the defensive end, and that's why when being paired with a Tom Curvis, he could do his offensive game and know that Curvis is back uh, covering his position. You know, bringing it home to ASU guys, I can tell you, he uh, Norm MacGyver reminded me an awful lot, or maybe Brinson Pashnick reminds me a lot of Norm MacGyver, um, the way their style was, and and the way they moved the puck and could skate and move up ice, but were very small in stature. And uh, they always looked to have a big defenseman. And, and Paul, you know this, with Josh Maniscalco, it made Brinson that much better. And uh, when those two left ASU, it hurt. And the same thing yeah. when UMD lost uh, McIver and Curvers, it hurt. So, um, yeah, I mean, Curvers is just he, – he's one of a kind. I mean, uh, I'll tell you the last time that I saw him, um, I was driving part-time doing uh, – uh, lift um, and I picked up a guy in North Scottsdale and, and I was taking him to uh, uh sports bar 
And we got going down the road, and he he saw my shirt, and he said, "Hey, are you a hockey guy?" So then I started telling him about it. And he goes, "You know, that's I'm going to meet a friend of mine." And I said, "Oh yeah, who's that?" And he goes, "Oh, you probably don't know him, but he's a former NHLer and um, went to school in Minnesota Duluth." And now I'm intrigued, right? I go like, "Well, who's that?" And he goes, "I'm I'm going to meet Tom Curvers." And so so I go, "You've got to be kidding me, because we're sweet mates." And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Let's surprise the heck out of him. You go in first. So we pulled up in the in my lift car and, and parked, and I went in first, and Tom was just floored because he had no idea that I was here. And uh, and then I brought his his friend in that was riding. So kind of a fun memory to uh, to have my last memory, of Tom. And that probably speaks a lot too, Tom. That he hadn't seen you probably for a while, and he, and the first thing he's like, "Oh my God!" It like all the memories probably started uh, rushing back to him. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, from that point, uh, he wanted to know what I was doing, and and I just had started the. Uh, Ice Time Hockey Southwest then, so I explained that to him, and he thought that was a great concept. And I don't even think it was three months until the news broke that uh, that he had cancer, and uh, it, it just wasn't uh, it just wasn't what we wanted to hear. But um, no easy transition out of this, no. And it's, and it's not any better. But uh, Paula, I wanted to have you on tonight because a couple of things. Um, I submitted credentials today to the NHL. Maybe that right. was the that was a curse. Probably. Because uh, I, I submitted credentials for uh, for an Islander Vegas Golden Knight uh, Stanley Cup, so don't let me down for God's sake, Islanders. Pick it back up by the bootstraps and win this thing, so so we can get what we want. Well, see, Paul, that's part that's part of the problem. Paul, you jinxed it by calling the Rangers Manhattan that Manhattan. Ah, you, dude, if I if that was the jinx, <laughs> they wouldn't have made the playoffs. <laughs> if that was the jinx, if, if if you had a nickel for every time I've said that, uh, you might uh, you have a jar on an island somewhere. Oh, I was going to say I could get a cup of coffee. No, it'd be a lot more than a cup of coffee. So, <laughs> all right, Paul, break it down for us. What the heck happened, and what do they do from here? You take the game and you burn the tape and throw it in the garbage and. You come out for game six. I mean, honestly, and, and I mean, I had a little bit of a discussion with this, uh, with with uh, Rob and a, and, and a goalie we both know, uh, that being you and I, Scott. Um, you know, the, the first goal that Tampa Bay got was a, was a lucky bounce. All right, that happens. You know, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time the Islanders gave up a goal in this playoff run uh, early in the game. But then after that, I mean, when you don't clear the puck and you have a relatively easy chance to clear the puck, it's going in. The, when, when, when they scored their second goal, and I mean, I don't have the box score in front of me. It probably was Braden Point. It could have been Steven Stamkos. It was the same people all night. Um, you know, um, the fact of the matter is uh, before that shot was even taken, I said, okay, it's two nothing because you they didn't clear the puck, and you can't give a team like Tampa Bay chances like that with turnovers in your own end. Okay, and 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 the third goal, not only was it a turnover at the blue line, Andy Green, a, a, a basically a twenty year veteran in the NHL, got the puck and made a blind pass up the middle. You you tell Pee Wee players not to do that. And didn't we talk last night, Paul, about the importance of those two blue painted lines on the ice? Uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 it. We did, and it's just ridiculous. Like I said, it made a blind pass up the middle, and then you add to the start of the second period that first three or four minutes of the second period, the Islanders had about four or five golden opportunities to score and get back in the game. They did not. And once that happened, or in this case, didn't happen, um, Tampa Bay got a power play. The the one thing you can't do, I mean, uh, until tonight, like 60% of Tampa Bay's goals in the playoffs have come on the power play. You can't go to the box. The Islanders did. They gave a power play goal. It was 4 nothing, And then they got stupid from there. 
They played very un-Islander-like hockey. And for basically the first 40 minutes, and that's all I watched, I'm not going to lie. There's no reason for me to watch the rest of it. Okay. They played the game at Tampa Bay's pace. And that's probably the worst mistake they made all night. They never got themselves settled down after that early fluke goal and played the entire first 40 minutes of Tampa Bay's pace. That game, the, the, the actual game itself, forgetting about the score, forgetting about any of the statistics, those first two periods flew by. It was like there was no commercial time whatsoever and no breaks and no whistles and no... It was almost like a running time game in those first two periods. And why don't you just say, here, Tampa Bay, and this is exactly what they did, we're just going to give you this game because we're just going to play it the way you want to play it. And that's not Islanders hockey. There was no forechecking except for that first few minutes of the second period. And when they didn't score... And then Tampa Bay gets a power play goal, make it 4 nothing. Game's over. You know, you score in those first couple of minutes like that, it's 3-1. to one, You get a little momentum. You're doing okay. You have a chance. But they had Vasilevsky down and out and beat and could score. They're hitting posts. The puck's not, you know, they're, they're it just, it's ridiculous. They had some open nets and couldn't put them home. And Well, the good, the good thing, Paul, is that Eight nothing or one nothing. It's oh exactly, it's same, and I actually, loss. actually, I, that is exactly what I put down uh, in a social media post. Eight nothing, one nothing. What the heck's the difference? It doesn't matter. It's the the end result is the same. You're down three games to two. Yeah, and I, I you know, it's it's funny because when when Scott asked for for me to come on tonight, I'm like, man, I hope the game doesn't. What the, what time do you want to start? But he, and worried about well let's start at 11 30 because unless the game goes into overtime um when i say 11 30 of course i mean eastern time right let, um, let me tell you what let me tell you what my co-host said to me about uh i don't know halfway into it he goes any chance you want to start earlier i hear the game's going to be over early <laughs> it was over early. <laughs> About five minutes into the second period, it was over. Sorry, Rob. I had to, I had to throw that out. <laughs> that, that, not wrong. That's okay. that's okay. I mean, I, I texted the same thing to Paul, basically. I said, game over. Well, you know, I, think, yeah. I, think, I think when it was 4 nothing, I said, game over. And that's when I, I turned around and texted you, Scott, and said, you sure you don't want to start the show earlier because this game's over? You know, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm glad it, it we was. can laugh about it because it was eight nothing, one nothing. Like you guys said, it wouldn't make any difference. Yeah, it doesn't make a uh, difference. And uh, no, it's just a it game loss. But yeah. but what it does mean now is uh, the Islanders are facing elimination, a lot like what's going to happen tomorrow night in Vegas. One of those teams is going to come out with a uh, a real good position uh, with the other team facing elimination. So uh, before we get into that, though, let's uh, let's talk about what lies ahead for. Uh, for this team. What does Barry Trotz do besides burn the tape ball? That's it. Was it an efforts thing or just, uh, just mental lapses? Well, it was just bad play. I mean, you know, you, you, we'll, we'll see if the NHL suspends Matt Barzell for a game. And they should. Uh, Yeah. They should do a lot of things, but they don't. Right. True. (laughs) <laughs> you know, how many times has Tom Wilson not been suspended? Oh, well, yeah. but see, that's the thing. You don't have to have a, tra- you shouldn't have a track record. If you want to get suspended, don't have a track record. That's what it seems like the player safety says. You know, you have never done anything. You, you've been a good player, uh, up, up front guy. But we'll suspend you because you did it one time, one time only. So, but well, it, well it, I, it, like I said, I, I who knows what the NTL is going to do. Well, the, the biggest right, so, thing was what the, was that the Islanders let Tampa Bay dictate the pace and, and never once. I mean, I was expecting Trotz at one point to call a timeout. And he just I thought it would, I thought it would, I thought when it was got to be three, nothing, he would call a timeout, uh, not just switch goalies. Right. Exactly. Because, I, I because, because the, the three goals were not really Varlamov's fault. No, you you can't make line passes up the middle. I think it was kind – of, sometimes you know this as well as anybody. Sometimes you take a goalie out not because he's playing bad, because but because you're tired of seeing the team in front of him. Get, well, leave, yeah. Leave the goalie out to dry. 
and, didn't change. They left uh, Sorokin <laughs> out to dry too. Oh, oh, they totally did. Oh, that was just a bad yeah. effort all around. All shots around, goal wise, you know. Well, I don't worry. Nets. I don't worry about shots on goal as much as I worry about how they're playing. Right. And you can't turn the puck over at the blue line against any team, let alone Tampa Bay. You can't make blind passes up the middle. No. Okay? You can't. And 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 I'm not saying that the Islanders can't win the next two games, but they're not going to win these next. They're not going to win the next two games if they play at the same pace they allowed Tampa Bay to play at tonight. But I don't. I haven't seen them play that pace in on the island. Tampa Bay seem has seemed like a totally different team on the island than they have at home. Doesn't every team seem different at home and then on on the road? But most most teams, if you look at the last. 20 Stanley Cup, they'll, they're consistently winning on the road. And Tampa Bay, right. I don't know, I don't see Tampa Bay doing that this year. Even last year, they would seem like they were winning more in the road and more well, like themselves the on the road rather than, well, yeah, well, I, I understand. But uh, I'm talking about the, everybody was on the road last year. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, but they're not dictating pace and on the, uh, when they're they on the road tonight. this year. Well, well at home. And I don't know if it's the crowd. Well, I don't know what it is, but they didn't they just, do it in game one either. Well, game one, game one, the Islanders took to them. And that, right. You exactly. See that, you see a lot of that uh, from the road team in, in early in the series like that in game one, they, they try to steal game one. So then it's like house money for game two. And they usually put better, a fourth, a better effort in game one than in game two. And it showed in this series too. You know, it just, it is what it is. Um, why? They, you know, why they came out flat the way they, I don't know, flat, whatever you want. Like I said, uh, Tampa Bay got that early ugly goal, and, and and that was and that was that. I mean, basically, that's what that comes down to. You know, um, and there's really no other way to put it. I don't think I've I don't think I've seen as many open net misses like I saw the Islanders have in those first three to four or five minutes of the second period. Usually you'd see a save or two, but they flat out missed open nets. And yeah. I don't know if that's, a, I don't know if that's squeezing the stick too tight or, or, or what, but it just, they just didn't seem like themselves tonight. They really didn't. It looked more like, I don't know. I don't want to put down the bridge for team, but it looked more like a, they were a minor league team against a major league team. Because they didn't, they just couldn't keep up with them. It was like, yeah. it was like, well, uh, you know, the, they were spinning around in circles as they were, as the lightning were flying by them. Well, like I said, I mean, outside of those first three or four minutes of the second period, where they carried the play and had some chances to score and didn't, it, they, there was only one team on the ice, so Tampa Bay was able to do whatever they wanted. Well, that. that because of, because of that three to four minute stretch, it just showed that Dallas could play with them if they wanted to. But then they just fe- they just fell back and let Tampa Bay they just didn't. skate again. <laughs> yeah, well, they they certainly didn't play that way tonight. No. Well, may- maybe we have to do the uh, the same thing that somebody said on Twitter today about the Vegas Golden Knights power play. They said, "Has anybody tested them uh, their power play for COVID? Because apparently they're in quarantine." So. Uh, is that something we got to worry about with the Islanders? Uh, they're vaccinated. Well, I, I don't know. The problem, or? the problem is you didn't pronounce them done, <laughs> like you've done to a different to another team several times in this playoff run. So I'm and I'm also just wondering if 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 they're paying you to say that. Okay, for, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, I tell everybody just just go ahead and and place your bets against me because whatever I say, the opposite's going to happen. So. Uh, tomorrow, I expect the Canadians to come out flying and totally destroy Vegas on home ice. Oh, see, it doesn't work so, that so way what? when you do it on purpose. <laughs> it doesn't work that way when you do it on purpose. You gotta be, you gotta be real frustration. Is that what it takes? Um, <laughs> I, I guess. Um, but okay, I mean, so- and you, and and Rob, you know this. I mean, uh, like you said, it, it's one game. It doesn't mean anything. And if the Islanders win on Wednesday night, it's Game Seven. And you're right back where you expected to be in the first place. And doesn't everybody want a game seven in the semifinals of the Stanley Cup playoffs? All the time. Absolutely. Well, I, unless it's unless it's the Rangers, I always want to see game sevens. 
I just don't want to have to deal with that stress for my own team. But... <laughs> <laughs> he brings out the best of it, doesn't he? Well, listen, <laughs> he, hey, he's, listen. he's been in California too long now because he's too late back. To... He doesn't want to deal with the stress. You haven't had to worry about that for a while. I haven't. No, I know. At least, at least not in hockey. Yeah, well, you know, that's the way it goes, right? Well, um, it's cyclical. It's cyclical. Look. Yeah, we, and we, we don't we, – we, you'll have the summertime. We can, if you want, we can get into the what they've done in the front office, but that's um, – but that's the owner, so. Uh, well, well, we, in that we particular case, that. the the owner decided he was going to get back involved in the Rangers where he was tired of just destroying the Knicks. Yeah, well, look what happened, right? As soon as he got involved in one team, the other team played better. Exactly. All of a sudden, he forgot about the Knicks. They started playing better. The Rangers went down. Yeah, you know, so. You know, maybe he's like Scott and just a bad curse. <laughs> wow, that could be. Uh, that, well, that very well the, could be. Here's the funny thing, guys. You know, We Stephen certainly Marsh, have the proof, right? He, you know, Stephen Marsh's Golden Knights right down to his jockey shirts. Uh, he texted me last night, and he goes, Wow. He goes, you really are right. So he said, tell me what's going to happen with the Diamondbacks tomorrow. Should I bet with them or against them? I said, oh, they're going to they're gonna come out and lay another egg. I said, I don't think they win another game this month. So I got to find out if Stephen went out and put a bet on the Diamondbacks-Brewers game tonight. <laughs> well, did, did, did he know that you uh, um, were, were frustrated after game three? Oh, goodness, did he know. Yeah, yeah. the text message trail will tell you how frustrated I was. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we're we're going to get into it in a minute. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back okay. and talk about the other side uh, with the Vegas, Vegas Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens in about three minutes. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. If you live in the Valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said It's been running through my head Locked and loaded Still got it Still got it Who's old now? to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, and we're back. Uh, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, Casino, and all-time 
uh, all around a good spot for fun. Uh, get down uh, Fremont Street and uh, leave the D for a moment, see what Circus Sports is all about. Um, Scott Strandy with you in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Rob Rothbard, with me from his palatial estate on the Pacific Coast. And our other co-host, our, our college hockey guy, Paul Hornstein, from his palatial estate on Long Island. Uh, guys, I feel a little left out here. I'm sitting here in a you know shanty little place, and you guys have these big estates. Um, what am, yeah, what's you, the guy to do? You, do? Should we check the GPSs, Rob, on our phones <laughs> over the last over the last <laughs> ninety days, and, and let's see who's living in the shacks and who's living in. Shall we check those, Rob? What do you think? Well, that that and also what he doesn't realize, he's also outnumbered because it's two Long Islanders versus well, with you being on Long Island now yeah. versus one Midwesterner. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I'm getting pretty close to uh, becoming uh, a Westerner, a Southwesterner. No, well, oh. again, but uh, <laughs> I'm I'm getting pretty close to the time I spent living in Queens and the time I have spent living on Long Island. So uh, it's getting close. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So uh, we talked about the Tampa Bay uh, Islanders series in the first half of the show. Now it's time to talk Vegas Golden Knights versus the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Game five tomorrow night. I'm going to be on my way up bright and early tomorrow to uh, to Vegas to catch that one in person again and see uh, if the Vegas Golden Knights have learned how to uh, possess the puck on the power play and move it around and actually get shots, quality shots on goal. And if they've shaken off that idea that, uh, hey, if we put 40 shots on goal, we'll win. doesn't work that way, especially against uh, a goaltender like Carey Price. Well, right. the, four, the 40 ahead, shots don't mean anything if they're not good shots. Exactly. But the Golden Knights think if we put up 40 shots, we're going to win. Um, well, and they got to get rid of that mentality. you got to move the puck side to side. Uh, how many times have I told both of you guys this and social media this and anybody that listens to me is Carey Price is stellar from the from the middle of the net down. Uh, he's really good with a glove. He's very quick. Whereas weakness is, is, is above his blocker. And if you can find that spot, and even if you don't score on it, if you make him think you're going that direction, that's going to open up other spots. And that could get him off his angle. Uh, I'm just curious to see how the bad goal, and I'll consider that a bad goal because I think Paul said it yesterday on the uh, on your broadcast of the College Southwest Weekly uh, when the Canadians tied it up. Uh, it was a goal he'll want back, and I'm curious because sometimes when Carey Price gets in his head uh, on a goal like that, it could be it could become a long. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And and on the other side of the ice, that this, this would be now a uh, a closeout game for the Golden Knights had Mark Andre Fleury not uh, muffed that puck behind the net and given up an easy goal from minute fifty five to play in uh, game three. So uh, well, here's a different. Here's the difference though, uh, okay. and, and and you guys both know this. Carey Price and I are are uh, Facebook friends, and we chat every now and then. Um, I've known him for a long time, uh, but. But Mark Andre, the other day in practice, he was taking his regular shots, and then he had uh, he had the goalie coach uh, ring the boards with one, and he went back and stopped it, uh, and then threw it backhand uh, up the other side of the ice, and then he celebrated like he just won the Stanley Cup. That that's the mentality of Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, Carey Price, I don't think is quite uh, that jovial, if that's uh, a word I can use. Well, I think that Carey Price is, is just more subdued. He's, he doesn't seem like he's gets too high on the highs and too lows on the lows, uh, out, you know, outwardly. But I, I just I just honestly worry about that that goal because he didn't look good on the overtime goal. He looked like a fish out of water on the overtime goal, and I wonder how much he was thinking about that uh, tying goal. Paul, I want to ask you about Robin Leonard coming in and playing okay. because I've got my thoughts too, but you saw Robin uh, out on the Island. You've seen Robin, you know, Robin's talent. Um, your thoughts on the way he played the other night. Well, I, I, I thought he played tremendous. Uh, he played with a chip on his shoulder, as you heard after the game. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> I know. He, uh, he's a great quote. Um, you know, it, it he, uh, he definitely, uh, like I said, I mean, if you listen to his comments about 
get into the game or get into the to, to the arena two extra hours early to, to 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 revel in the negative Twitter comments. I I don't think there's any question about the fact that he he played the game with the chip on his shoulder and he played well. Can he match that same intensity? Because you know the Twitter, it's not going to be as ugly on Twitter uh, before the game tomorrow. So well, that's assuming use... he starts. Uh, how do you not go back to him? I didn't say he didn't. I just said that's assuming he starts. Yeah, I got a feeling. I mean, Mark Andre is going to be the man tomorrow night only because uh, he, that crowd is electric for Mark Andre. Uh, you guys have heard uh, the posts I put out there uh, at the introductions. It's like. Everybody's screaming and yelling, and then it goes to a completely different level when they get to Mark Andre. So, uh, I would be totally shocked, guys, if he's not in net tomorrow night. Well, listen, he he got they they he played this series against Minnesota, and clearly Peter DeBoer felt that he needed the break physically in Game One against Colorado, and. That turned out to be the right move because if you watched Flurry in the rest of the series, he was tremendous. Okay. Um, does it look like he started Leonard last night because Flurry made the, the the errant play? Yeah, it does. Um, but it could also be that uh, DeBoer felt he was tired and needed the day off. And isn't that the reason why they got Robin Leonard in the first place? Because yeah, Marc-Andre Flores in his upper 30s? Yeah, that's a fact. And and I think uh, just watching that that play, um, that looked like Mark just a little bit mentally out of it. And who can blame him? I mean, he's played a lot of hockey, a lot of high-intensity hockey. And I think Peter DeBoer did that. Uh, he didn't want to admit that he did that. And it wasn't a punishment to Marc-Andre to take him out like that. But I think he wanted two things, Paul. And Rob, I think he, uh, I, I think Peter wanted to see uh, what state Robin Leonard was in, just in case they really needed him. Because it's no joke, guys. Um, Robin, Robin deals with mental, uh, mental illness uh, things that that drive him him crazy sometimes, and it's happened. We've seen his outbursts over COVID vaccinations and and different things. And and I'll be honest with you, I've seen him a bunch. Um, you can tell when he's sharp, and you can tell when he isn't. Uh, so I think that was the first thing. And the second thing was, I think he thought I got to take Mark out, give him a mental break, let him get himself, uh, mentally sharp again, because he, he's seen a lot of hockey, uh, over the last couple of weeks. So Rob, your thoughts on that? He has seen a lot of hockey over the last couple of weeks. I, I just think it's when you have a goalie that played so well, even though there's a day off, it's hard not to go back to him. I understand what you're saying about going back to Mark Andre. I just think that if he if you go back to Mark Andre and they do lose the game, it's hard to then go back to Leonard. Yeah, that's interesting, Paul. Your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, is it hard to go back to him? I guess it would depend on how he played in the loss. I mean, if he makes forty five saves, and the and and. And 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 Montreal only scores two goals, and 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 you know he gets beat on a deflection, or you know maybe it's a co call field breakaway. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that is that the same thing? Ouch! Ouch! Is that, <laughs> that the same hurt. thing? Because Leonard stopped a bunch of those the other night. I'll admit that. It's it's weird that the two the last two games that went into overtime. Um, it, it seemed like the team that won the game in overtime was not the better team for the first three periods. Exactly, exactly. But but it and we don't know if, ended up being okay. Well, that's 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 the seems to be the theme of this playoffs though. This seems a lot. A lot of times you're seeing teams outshot big time, but on the losing end, or be the teams that are out shooting them big time are coming up short and on the losing end. You know, 14 shots on goal seems to be enough to score two goals and win a game. And it, and, and it, seems, and, it seems like it's been a few times during the playoffs. 
and, and you know, Robbie, you know, Price doesn't usually let rebounds go like he did last night, but they were scrambling in front. Right. And, and, and the Golden Knights on that goal got the Canadians' defense out of position. And when that happens, uh, you know, now the goaltender's out there by himself. Not that there weren't defensemen there, but they were just out of position. So now they're scrambling to get back. Raw gets the rebound. And because the, the Montreal defensemen were out of position, he had time to take that one step and set up a shot. Right. It's not like you can say, oh, Carey Price is the reason they lost that game. No, 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 I'm not saying that he's the reason they lost the game, but he gave up a goal that he normally doesn't give up and hadn't been given up in, in these playoffs. And then on, on McNabb's goal. Yeah, on McNabb's yeah. goal. That's to talk. And then on the rebound, he hadn't been given like you said, he hadn't been given up rebounds. And on that one he couldn't control it. And sometimes when you can't control a rebound, it also can put your defenseman in a bad position and out Yeah, of but position. they were in this particular case they were already out of position. Well, they were scrambling from the get go. Right, that, you know when 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 the puck came around the net, uh, the two Montreal defensemen got mixed up and were on the wrong side, and uh, and and the forwards did, weren't quite in the right spot defensively, um, you know, and and Vegas took advantage of it. Yeah, Montreal was not ready for the start of that overtime. No, you know they're like, can we have a redo? Mulligan? <laughs> <laughs> Can we have a mulligan? Didn't you use a couple of mulligans when you were out golfing the other day, Paul? Uh, no, I did not have to because we were playing best ball. And Oh, um, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I mean, they we used about five or six of my shots. There you go. So There you go. Okay, so I, I, I want three topics that, that I think we have to talk about with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens, mostly on the Golden Knights side. But um, number one, uh, how come we can't give any forwards to uh, score goals for the Vegas Golden Knights? There's plenty of talent up there, but why is it uh, Petrangelo and uh, McNabb and Che Theodore and Alec Martinez? Um, what's going on in your guys' mind? We'll start with Paul first. What's happening to the, uh, the offensive uh, forwards for the Vegas Golden Knights, and what do they have to do to change it? Rob, I don't know. I, I... I, I think, it, and you can agree with me or not, uh, but when that happens, it's usually because the defensive zone coverage tends to col- to collapse towards the middle, and they're leaving the defenseman with more room to maneuver with the puck. And, I mean, it, that's the way it looks to me. Rob might be seeing something completely different. No, I, I, I see that, but it, what I'm also seeing is, a, and and I know you don't like when I go back to the Rangers, because the Rangers have very good defense and a lot of guys that activated to the play, a lot Ooh. of standing around watching. Their forwards Ooh. are watching their defensemen. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, wow, the, Alex, great move. Oh, oh you pass, you want to pass it to me? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, so it's like they're not ready for the play because they're just watching their defensemen do too much because they're not ready for the play. So it's like at catch-22, the defenseman really would like to have the offense kick in a little bit more, but they're also seeing that they're not moving as much. They're standing around, and there's not much they can do, so they have to activate it to the play like that. Okay, let me give you two thoughts uh, on my end of it. I think uh, I think two things. I think line matching uh, is, is real, and I think the Vegas Golden Knights are able to take advantage of it when they have home ice. Um, I also think that the uh, the forwards for Vegas are being smothered. Um, Montreal has kind of decided that, hey, uh, these forwards are pretty good and we can't let them beat us, and we'll see if we can get the defenseman to shoot from the outside and then either block the shot or uh, we know we have Carey Price behind us. But if we keep their quality shots down, we're going to have a chance to win each and every game. Those are my two thoughts. Well, I, I could see that. I mean, Montreal, that, that they've been playing that kind of style in every round is where they'll just back it in. They'll rely on Kerry Price, and, and hopefully they can win a lot of one nothing or 2-1 games. And that's what they do. They you Because know, Winnipeg, their forwards were, were bigger, and they would have to do the same type of thing. It's, uh, pinch down low, you know, protect with the, against the forwards, and let the defense beat you. 
Uh, it didn't work for Winnipeg in that series, but it's not working against uh, for the Canadians this time because they, uh, Peter Angelo and, and all those guys, they're Theodore, they're they're scoring. They're the ones that are keeping the Vegas Golden Knights in this. Okay, so so let's go to topic number two. Um, this power play thing's got to get fixed, and to me, um, looking from from above, what I, what I see on this power play is. It's too predictable, right? Uh, you got to change it up. There's other plays, uh, power plays that you can set up. They're using the top umbrella right now with Shea Theodore right at the top, and uh, it, it's predictable. So time to move the puck, time to get it side to side. If you're going to beat Carey Price and you're not going to beat him on the, the high stick side, you got to get him moving and, and hope that you can get an opening uh, somewhere when he's moving side to side. And the Golden Knights right now just are not doing that. So uh, I would expect that there will be a change in the power play. I know you hate to go away uh, from what's worked for you, I guess, during the season, but good Lord, that power play is awful right now. Paul? Uh, well, uh, the Islanders are the kings of the awful power play. <laughs> and, 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 and the Golden Knights have them beat right now. And, and many a time I, I will sit there and text somebody they should decline this penalty. Because uh, they're better off five on five, um, but you got to shoot. Uh, there's, there's, stop trying to be perfect. Ninety percent of the time, when a power play is not working, that's why. Yeah, this totally is, agree with yeah, you, Rob. Yeah. Paul said it the best, and this is one of those times. Keep it simple. When when you're struggling to score goals. In, whether it's on five on five power play, keep it simple. Get the puck to the net. How many times, Paul, have you and I texted back and forth during a game and said, "Never a bad shot"? No, no, absolutely not. There's no Russian fives on the ice right now. Nope, not at all. You don't. Need, you don't need to pass it around and be fancy and, and get that uh, Sports Center top ten top play of the night every single power play. Just keep it simple. Get it at the net, and try and try to get rebounds. When you have the extra person, you have the extra skater on the ice. Take advantage of it by throwing pucks at the net and get rebounds. That's how you win in the playoffs. That's all there is to it. And and Scott, you were talking about it worked during the regular season. It's not the regular season. The playoffs exactly. are a whole different game. You know that. So yes. you have to adjust. And you have to adapt. And that's one thing the Knights have not done with their power players. They have not adapted to playoff hockey. They haven't they haven't changed it a bit. They just keep forcing it. Uh, they keep the mindset seems to be let's keep doing what we do because it worked early and it's going to work. It's not going to work in the playoffs. It's not going to work against a goaltender like Carey Price. Okay, so let's put that topic to bed. The third topic is uh, the Golden Knights uh, have had a problem with starts every single game. Um, I think they started to fix it a little bit uh, last game in Game Four, but uh, expect. Uh, them to come out with a little more fire uh, tomorrow night in game five. And if they can get um, Montreal back on their heels, um, they, they, they have a better chance of, of winning the game by a two or three goal margin. But if they come out and just let Montreal dictate plays like they did the very first game, um, they let Montreal play for about 12, 13 minutes, and dominate, and then they said, okay, you're done now. You wore yourself out. Now we're going to take it to you. Uh, can't do that anymore. Got to come out with a fire and, and get that first goal and get your crowd behind you and then uh, and then just continue the intensity from there. So you guys' thoughts on, on the intensity on both sides? Well, I think that they should just tell the Golden Knights that the game starts at 6 their time and get them at the <laughs> arena. Maybe you know, maybe if they're hanging out of the arena, you know, they'll think it's between the second and third period maybe, and they're like, oh, now it's time to play. And they'll actually be ready for the opening drop of the puck. Actually, you're right. I don't understand it. The, the Knights seem to be on their heels a lot at the beginning of a game. And they pick it up, obviously, during the rest of the game. But, but the start could really bury you sometimes, and just like it did with the Islanders tonight. Did the Islanders start tonight? Because I don't think they ever showed up. <laughs> well, well, they had to show up a little didn't bit. Make it from the hotel. They had to show up a little bit because it was three nothing after the first, and that, that's the last. You know, the game was over from there. Well, okay, because because I don't like I said, there was at, at no point did did I ever feel like they were in the game. So, um, not in that period, no. It, 
No, and it, the interesting part really is because of the virus and their and their COVID restrictions. It, it's it's weird to watch the game one night uh, in Vegas with a full house, and then watch the game the next night in Montreal where it's about twenty percent full, thirty five hundred, <laughs> whatever it is. Well, that building holds about thirty five hundred. Well, that building holds about twenty thousand in Montreal, I think. Yeah, very close. Very close. So, so thirty five hundred is empty. Yeah, that that building is empty at thirty five hundred, and and it has to affect the game. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean it affects the outcome, but it has to affect the game when you're going back and forth like that. There's got to be more lulls in in Montreal than there would be in Vegas because the crowd in Vegas never stops, and it's very quiet in Montreal. And you know, Montreal's been used to that. Whereas Vegas hasn't. I wonder how much playing in Montreal affected Vegas in that regards. I don't think it helped them, but uh, I think Vegas prides themselves on being uh, older, more experienced, um, more depth. Uh, but I think, guys, the one thing we haven't talked about is the loss of Chandler Stevenson, and that was a big one. I mean, uh, Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone have not been the same without Chandler out there, and his speed creates so many problems and not only his speed but he's good at the faceoff dot and he's also really good in the middle of the ice he he, he can get places they've tried Alex Tuck there they've tried um, Yenmark there they've tried uh, Nosik there uh, everybody they throw out there is not Chandler Stevenson and they are very very mum on what's wrong with Chandler Stevenson so none of us uh, that are there frequently have any idea as to uh, when or if he may return. And you're never going to find out. Yeah, but you could definitely see he's missing. You could definitely sense it. Uh, oh, yeah. You watch, you, you yeah. watch uh, Stone and Pacioretty, and they just don't look the same. They just don't look – it's almost like they're lost on the ice. They're like, where where do we go? Where's, where's Stevenson? Because where, he, he usually leads. He's usually up ahead. So they can fill in behind him, and there's no one to do that right now. Yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, I think that will, if he does come back uh, in this series, um, look for things to change that way. But I think you kind of have to go into it with the mindset that okay, he's not coming back. So what are we going to do to make this work? And I think, like I just said, you got to come out early. You got to come out strong. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that little clip I put out there of uh, Ryan Reeves on the bench screaming "Knights" in the middle of the national anthem. You got to have that intensity, and you got to bring it. Um, right from the get-go, and it, you can bury Montreal. I mean, they're just not that deep, and if you shut down that line of Toffoli and uh, um, who am I thinking about? Caulfield and Suzuki. And Suzuki, yes, those two. Yeah. When you shut that line down, um, they, they've got good players, but they don't have great players, and sometimes you, you, yeah, you just got to do what you got to do to uh, – to get the W you can't just be like Paul said you can't be too cute on the on the power play and and things and you certainly can't just pump shots for the reason of pumping shots I know that no shot is a bad shot but if your theory is uh, if we get 40 shots we're going to win no you got to have you know maybe 20 quality shots to get the win you, you've got to take advantage of your chances and you can't be overpassing. That's that's what ha- tends to happen is you get guys that don't want to be selfish in a time when they need to be selfish and and shoot the puck, go for a rebound. No, they look for that that extra pass, that one pass too many, and that usually is what. Okay, we're winding down to the, to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, I'm not going to ask for predictions because at this point we all kind of know who we want to see get in there who we think are going to get in there but when you look overall picture guys uh just kind of look at this season and the, the playoffs this season and as unorthodox as they were with a north division and a west and and now montreal and vegas are playing and uh it, it could be uh no canadian teams left again <laughs> uh, who knows how it's going to end up but uh, paul let's start with you just your overall thoughts on on the playoffs this year and how the nhl is done as a uh, entity um, you know me, I, I want more games, so I don't care. Um, I don't, you know me, I also don't make predictions. Uh, you, <laughs> you force want a magic me to do, number? Well, I, yeah, yeah, one, 
You got to win the next game. <laughs> okay. So you already knew where that was going. Um, uh, you know, the Golden Knights are the deeper team. Um, and it's not like they've gotten bad goaltending to match Carey Price. They yeah, just they, they have one one bad play. One, one bad play. play. Yeah. Um, so if 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 Montreal doesn't really have the goaltending advantage, so to speak, that definitely makes it much harder for them to win. Um, but. You know, it's two two, or it's two two. So uh, we'll we'll find out tomorrow uh, where we're headed. Um, as for the Islanders in Tampa Bay, uh, we already have five games in. I'm you're gonna sit there and make me tell you who's gonna win Game Six? No, I <laughs> wasn't gonna tell you who's gonna win the series ahead of time. So it doesn't I matter. Didn't, I didn't even ask you that. I just you asked were you going to over- stop I said, it. <laughs> I asked about your overall opinion on the playoffs. Okay, Rob. Let's have more. That's that's my overall opinion. Let's have more NHL playoffs because it's it's the best two plus months of the year. I agree with that. More more playoffs. Uh, I I think it's been last year was strange just because of the pandemic, but everybody had the same exact atmosphere. Whereas this year you have totally sold out arenas versus half you know three quarters empty arenas. So I think that dynamic I'm not a big fan of honestly. Uh, because some have truly home ice advantage, some don't. And I, and to me, I, I think that takes away from the home team when you, when like in Montreal, I think the way Montreal was playing that home ice advantage might've, you know, caused a little bit of havoc, who knows? Uh, so that's the only thing that I don't like about the way the playoffs are going. Uh, as far as the Vegas and Montreal series, I think that, uh, the speed of Montreal is really wreaking havoc on the Golden Knights. I don't think they realized how fast Montreal was because their speed is, was noticeable all over that game last game, uh, in game four, even though they lost. Uh, but down this Tampa Bay series, that's just, you know, a slug them, drag them. You know, it's like, it's like the, uh, fastest show, the greatest show on turf when the Rams will play, you know, like a Baltimore Ravens defense and you have a great defense and against a great offense. And that's what that seems to be with the Islanders in Tampa Bay. And, Today, Tampa had the best of it. I think the Islanders get the best of it and, and send it to a game seven. Really you don't know, want it. Well, don't want to see that be, uh, because it, Paul would be happy. But uh, <laughs> but I would like to see a game seven. I love game seven. Well, listen, the, tonight was like instead of in Super Bowl 25, the Giants went at the Bills' pace <laughs> instead of going at their pace, which enabled them to win the game because the Bills didn't have the football. Can't win without the ball in well, that sport. <laughs> That's true. Well, unless you turn it over, uh, in which which is exactly what the Islanders did a lot tonight. So, well, the the thing that I'm concerned with uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, potentially winning a Stanley Cup would be um, that's a long flight from Vegas to Montreal. Uh, if Mark Andre doesn't have that blunder and they finish off that minute fifty five. And they uh, have the ability to close out in Vegas tonight, uh, tomorrow night. Um, it, it would make a huge difference. I mean, let's face it, guys. Here's what's going to happen: if Vegas wins tomorrow night, which I think they will, um, they're going to have to go all the way across country to play a Thursday night game. And if the Canadians should happen to win there, they're going to have to come all the way back to Vegas for a game seven. Uh, it doesn't sound like a big deal. Um, these guys fly charter. Everything's. Uh, set for them, but your body moving three time zones is not the same. I don't care what people say. It's not the same. You wake up at different times, you eat at different times. Everything is, is screwed up for you. And if you, if you go there for two games, you can get adjusted by the end of the, the, the second day and, and the third day when you're playing that second game, you're in a better shape. But this is going to be really, really weird, and it's going to be tough. And the advantage is going to go to Tampa Bay or the Islanders, whoever wins, to at least start the Stanley Cup final. 
Well, I, I, you certainly would know about traveling to all the time zones, Scott, because <laughs> I, I certainly don't. You know, I don't get to leave my basement. So Yeah, but, but, but I do it in a car, Paul. I have all kinds of time to adjust. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't think so, but okay. <laughs> I love it. Good one. 7,662 miles, by the way, from April 5th to May 5th. Anybody that's counting or wondering. Oh, so you well, got your soul. Well, you need to. What you need to do is put that on Twitter and stuff and have a miles counter as, as you're going along. Yeah. Hey, I that's, that's get... the next, next sponsorship opportunity. We need to find – He pretty <laughs> much did, Rob. He pretty much did. I promise you he pretty much I tried. Did. I tried. Uh, I put pictures did. out there. Me and Pod, my, my traveling goalie mask, uh, we, we had some good trips. So, um, Okay, any final words for anybody or should we let Rob take it away? Go for it, Rob. Okay. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Our extra new, our new extra Anejo is aged at least three years before bottled. Get your bottle tonight now at CancionTequila.com. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, from the Fremont Street Experience to the iconic American Coney Island Restaurant, we are more than just great gaming action. Book your spot at the D.com. Verizon Wireless, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for Business America has been waiting for. Buy summer skates, fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. Buy Behind the Mask and behindthemask.com, where we can provide for all your hockey needs on the ice or inline. See the website for our three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices, it always seems to like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than actually eat it. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step set system for energy, stamina, and recovery. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn your ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Resort and Casino, is a part of IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. Paul, thanks for staying up late with us. I know it's uh, it's been a long day and a long night, but count it down for us. How many more days left of school out there on the island? Uh, we have four left. <laughs> wow. Four. I thought there'd be more enthusiasm, even at 1230 at night, but well, you said we got four left. Because <laughs> well, I was trying to figure out, do I want to count Friday or not? Because I'm not even sure what the schedule is on Friday. So I know we're doing something. But I don't know. So okay, it's, it's four. Well, we'll leave well, it at four. Well, guys, yesterday was Father's Day, and I'd be remiss if I didn't wish you guys a happy belated Father's Day, both of you guys. Uh, you guys talk, had a great show yesterday talking about uh, Father's Day experiences and also like dads traveling and stuff. Uh, so it was a great show on Father's Day. Thank you, Rob. But we uh, too, we got sir. the messages on the uh, the Twitter as well. And uh, Paul, tomorrow night. Bring it, man! With College Hockey Southwest uh, Weekly, we were we're gonna find a guest. We're gonna chat up some college hockey, and uh, there's nothing really to talk about uh, uh, college uh, hockey wise. Okay, because... I I don't necessarily <laughs> agree with that. I mean, there never I really is, don't. but <laughs> but on Wednesday we know there'll be breaking news. That that, that happens. Oh, oh that you can count on. <laughs> All right, guys, I am going to be in Las Vegas tomorrow. So, Paul, you and I will have to discuss a start time because I will be right smack in the middle of the action at 6.30 p.m. Mountain time. So so we'll figure it out. We'll go early to give you a break maybe because uh, that way you don't stay up till 12.30 again uh, doing a podcast. But Well, we'll see. All right. Uh, <laughs> my prediction, sorry, Golden Knights, I predict you to win tomorrow. I think it's a 5-2 hockey game. Oh, so I should bet the over. <laughs> well, if he's telling you it's five to two, I would definitely bet the under. <laughs> I say it's five two. I think the Golden Knights come out on fire. I think they use the crowd to their advantage, and I think they go back and close it out in Game Six, uh, strictly because I think 
Robin's got his head in the game. I think Mark has learned a very valuable lesson, and I think the forwards are going to get it together. Uh, they have to because they can't continue to play like they are. Well, if they if they continue playing like the way they are, the series will be six, six in, Mo- in Montreal's favorite. So they have to pick it up, and they have okay. to also have to help their goaltending out. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen, thanks for uh, for joining in tonight. And uh, Paul and I will be back tomorrow for College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Stephen and I will be back for Club Hockey Southwest Weekly on Wednesday night. We'll say good night for now. Good night.